Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with hosts Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Palachek. Produced by Kernan Consulting and for the international MSB community, we are dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. The SMB Community Podcast is sponsored by Kernan Consulting and the Millionaire Mastermind Peer Groups. If you're looking for a small, more intimate growth group that will help you with your strategic planning, sales and marketing, and helping hold you accountable in a professional but fun way, then come check out the Millionaire Mastermind Peer Groups, mmpeergroups.com for more information. Thank you. I've got an interesting conversation that I had. So uh, Julian Caldwell, who's a CIO for a TS Banking Group here in the Midwest, I think they've got almost 30 locations, banking locations, and he's a highly technical guy, super smart uh, individual. But we actually talked about uh, earning the right as an MSP business owner or as a salesperson, earn the right to meet the C-suite when you're cold calling or when you're working with your customers, you know, his opinion was that uh, um, there's not very many good MSPs out there. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, and, you know, I started trying to understand, you know, who he worked with and, and what all they were doing. And his point was really that there was a, most MSPs are maybe good at one thing but then they tried to go outside their comfort zone and they might be really good at, at um, help desk, but they're really weak on cybersecurity or really weak on compliance or DR or backup. And they uh, spread themselves too thin. And uh, it's their responsibility as busy executives to understand, you know, the skill sets of who they work with. And I, I agree with that. And uh, anyway, to me, it was kind of a challenging comment for all of you listeners out there to, you know, step up our game, uh, you know, to sell to these bigger, bigger entities. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the SMB Community Podcast. This is James Kernan with Kernan Consulting, and I am excited uh, for my uh, uh, co-host today. We've got uh, Julian Caldwell. Uh, Julian is actually the CIO of TS Banking Group. They've got 25 locations throughout the Midwest. And uh, throughout his history, he's been uh, more on the other side of the desk, but he's been uh, executives uh, with customers that many of you are calling on. So thought it would be interesting to bring him on the program today and, and have a conversation about what it looks like on the other side of the desk that we're all calling on and pounding on those doors. So, hey, Julian, welcome. Hey, thanks so much, James. Thanks for taking the time and a busy afternoon to uh, talk with me. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Well, good to reconnect with you. Uh, I really enjoyed our, our last conversation and, and was really looking forward to today. So uh, let me just kind of dive into things. You know, really what I'm dying to hear, uh, but don't answer this question first, but I just want to tee up the audience because we're going to talk about, again, what as an executive that um, that works with MSPs, and, and technology bars all around the country. What does he look at? What does he look for when he's determining who he's going to buy from? Okay, how do you become a strategic partner uh, with with Julian? 
uh, as a CIO of a big uh, big banking organization. But before we jump into that, that's what we're going to talk about. Tell the audience real quick. Give us a little background. Uh, you know, how'd you get into technology? How long have you been doing it? And give us yeah. a little background. So a great question. Um, I got into technology because someone asked me to do something very, very stupid in 1994. <laughs> I was a, a a young professional at a large railroad um, in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, I was uh, I got my first promotion. They said, we'd like you to fill out this spreadsheet every four hours um, and walk it around the dispatching center. And I said, so wait a second here. I, I've got a four-year college degree. Uh, I am... A very super smart guy because you know I was, I was 25 so I was very as brilliant at that time but so you you knew everything yeah I was yeah. I was like I this is way <laughs> not this is not cool this is not what I signed up for um and uh and you want me to go fill out the spreadsheet so I was manually filling out the spreadsheet every four hours and walking around the the the, the organization and and dispatch and saying to the dispatchers and the leader at the time of the technical group in in the dispatching center I walked in and I said hey um there's gotta be a way to automate this, right? This is like, it's it's data, it's in a mainframe. I had no computer background. No, you know, I took a Lotus one, two, three class in college, which is that that ages me. Cause I don't think Lotus one, two, three is even around anymore. Um, and I, and he said, son, you're making $50,000 to walk around and fill out a spreadsheet. Smile, go back to your desk and fill out the spreadsheet. I took that as a challenge. I went to Barnes and Noble, which was uh, on 72nd and Dodge here in Omaha, Nebraska. I had no yeah. idea what I was looking for, but I'd heard this term called object linking and embedding, OLE, O-L-E, or OLE, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Yeah. I walk in, dumb as a, you know, dumb, I said, hey, where's your books on computer programming? And they just pointed me up to like this entire row of books and it said automate um, using Microsoft, automate using object linking and embedding. So uh, I bought the books, come home, it was you know, $165 big, thick, fat books spent the time uh, reading for the weekend, went back to work. I didn't have a computer at the house, you know, no oh. laptops. I mean, that was like a massive investment. Um, but I would print out the back of the VB code at the in Excel spreadsheets and take it home, highlight it all night long, go back in the next day, change it on the computer after work was done and test it. So I did that for about two weeks and I'd automated the process in about, well, two weeks. So I walked back in, I said, I think, I think I've automated this process with a button click. So there was 16, 17 of us in the organization all doing the same thing, writing, a, you know, filling out the spreadsheet and walking around 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. They, so they all of a sudden were automated and the, the conversation came, well, you should, you should be in technology. I was like, um, my only question as a young man, is it uh, weekends off? And do I get done by five? That was my only two questions. So I literally happenstance found my way into technology and ended up being that guy in the corner that they kept throwing technology at and said, hey, um, we don't know what this .NET thing is, but can you take a look at this VB6 thing? Can you do this? So I, I kept getting this code thrown at me, this software program thrown at me and say, go go learn. Yeah. So that's kind of the, that's the introduction, uh, uh, James, is that how I got into the space. So fast forward a few years, more than 10 um, I've constantly been in around the space of um, automation, process automation, um, yeah. and then really kind of looking at an organization from a, how do we use technology to both optimize revenue, uh, improve uh, productivity, and also just make us uh, more responsive to our clients. So, yeah, perfect. Perfect. I love, I love it. Fascinating. Well, thank you for that. Um, so many of our listeners probably have cold called you in the past. So 
I'm, I'm dying to ask the question, what do you look for in MSPs that you have worked with in the past? You know, what would be motivating to you to pick up the phone and call them back? But but let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. So I think interesting enough, um, my, my perspective about MSPs is... Uh, it's not that it's not negative. It's just that there's miss they're miss and many of them are missing the boat in terms of strategic conversations. Yep. Um, I have been I literally get ten to fifteen pitches a day via LinkedIn. Yeah. MSP activity anywhere in the world for very very inexpensive rates. I get phone calls regularly from people um, from random numbers I don't know who I randomly answer and determine that I'm going to be pitched a commodity based decision which is not how I make decisions and not how I've ever made decisions. So when I think about what an MSP should do, in my opinion, uh, is to be thinking about strategically, what am I doing as a bank? So TS Banking Group is a holding group. So we're both banks, we've got a financial planning group, we've got a tax preparation group, we've got an ag financing, uh, ag like a loan origination company for, for agriculture. Most of them have never even looked at looked up what we do. They never spent 10 minutes looking at my uh, my real bio on LinkedIn, if that's what they're using as a resource to say, hmm, you had a different, interesting uh, interesting background. Who would I know that you know? Um, and they've never spent the time asking about what's going on in the banking space that could be, um, they, they could help us with. So right. the banking is is challenging. Every business is challenging. Everywhere yeah. we see people are trying to rethink how they're delivering their products. And very few very few, if if I would almost say none, but very few have ever asked me, what are you doing in the next three to five years that you don't know how to do yet, or your team doesn't know how to do yet, that I can help you get there? And if they don't ask that question, they typically don't ever get a call back, and they certainly don't get any more time than uh, like a 15-minute, uh, yeah, good, commodity's great, but I, I'm not, I don't need level one service. I need someone yeah. to help me really solve a technical problem that my horsepower or my team can't solve on their own. Yeah. So, so you're looking for, you know, strategic, creative people that can help, um, you know, brainstorm and help solve problems that you're dealing with day in and day out. No question. You know, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, do, are you working Are are you, do you work with multiple uh, tech companies or support companies today? Yeah, so I have, um, I'm literally doing budgeting for next year. I've got, you know, 97 vendors that I work okay. with across the technical landscape of a, of a holding group. So we're, although we're, we're 25, a little bit more than that, banks, we've got multiple entities. So I'm, I'm, I've got multiple um, tool sets and toolkits I work with. But yes, I actually work with a, a, a couple of MSPs. Both of them have been um, uh, one for a very long time, one new. Um, but I'd still the same same criticism. I've said that I've been very clear with both both of them, is that you know I I, I arrived on my job a year ago and a, a week and a year ago, and I got this fancy steak dinner. It was amazing. The guy called me within one week, took me out to dinner, and oh, it was great. I mean, it was fantastic. Took my team because I know this is the only time they're going to get a good steak dinner, <laughs> and I've never talked to him since then. Wow. So go figure, he's not on my budget for 2024. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if that's the way you see me as a commodity, I will see you as a commodity as well. And that is not really, in my opinion, the way businesses will grow. I, I, I don't do business. I wouldn't expect 
I wouldn't go to a restaurant again if I was if I was uh, like a once and done sort of thing. So I think that the real opportunity is to be thinking about what's Julian's company doing, what's his team working on, what can I, what problems can I solve that make them move faster. So. Yeah, you're you're looking for ideas. You know, I, I love it. That's good. So you said something a moment ago. Let's explore this a little bit. You said that most MSPs are missing the boat. Yes. You know, they're they're missing the boat strategically. And and yes. let uh, can you elaborate on that? Let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah. So you know, book of Julian. So Julian's perspective. Um, I think many of the MSPs are are pigeonholed into technical providers. Level one, yep. level two, um, the land administrator uh, who becomes the chief digital officer or whatever that is, IT manager, maybe create a company called you know an MSP and offering those services across multiple players, but they never move out of the hardware conversation into the strategic conversation around where the businesses are going. And I've heard virtual CIO, virtual CTO like 150 times in the last year. They we have a virtual CTO. Well, all that means is chief salesperson, right? Yeah. The virtual CTO or virtual CIO should not be the person who comes in and sells more services. They should also be responsible for giving you advice that isn't related to more deals in the door. And I think when I think about where I would be going if I was looking at um, the market, I'd be thinking about how do I position um, my company if I'm a, a, a MSP with a real true person in that space that would be as just as apt to say, not a good idea. Um, the James Kern and MSP isn't the right one. They don't have the bandwidth or the capacity or the capability, or we don't have the capacity, but here's three of them that you should really evaluate. And here's why I think they're really good. I, as a leader in the technical, I'm looking for objective advice. And if an MSP can provide that objective advice, then you're much more likely to stick with them whenever you need someone than yep. you are if you're getting a, a pitch. Yep, that's excellent. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, most MSPs, in my opinion, I agree they're they're missing the boat. the The most the biggest value proposition in what MSPs offer is that consulting, that strategy, yep. and they all have VCIO on their you know a la carte menu of what they get, you know, vendor management, you get, you know, remote help desk, you get antivirus, all these bells and whistles, right? To me, the most valuable by far is our brain power. It's our strategy. And most people don't know, um, there's not really good training out there for that. But I've always tried to teach people that I work with inside the mastermind community, have a business conversation, not a technology conversation. Need to understand what their five-year roadmap is and most businesses have a have a business plan but hardly any of them have a technology plan that's that's what you're supposed to do you're you're going to build that technology plan to help them reach their five-year goals that's that's where we're going to bridge the gap if you can have that conversation so yes. I, I couldn't agree with you more um, I, I think a lost leader should be if i was I, I, if I, again julian does not own an msp but i I've contracted and had multiple experiences with many of them, and I know a lot of the guys and gals in the in the, in the industry locally. Yeah. Um, but I would have a a loss leader process that goes in and says, "I'm going to assess for you. I'm going to look at this and going to give you this assessment that is it's just it's part of my gift to you because 
I know whenever in the future you're going to have something that's going to come back my way. But I come in and I'd say, listen, even if it's a a a a self-assessment for the leader to look at, say, do you understand your data strategy? Do you understand where your data is being stored? Do you have a security? Um, what's your security posture? What kind of tools are you using for that? Asking questions that help a a leader who is consuming information at a very, very high rate to be able to boil it down to saying, okay, after I've done the assessment, these 10 things are things that I should be concerned about because I rank lower than I expect them to be, or I rank lower than the rest of my colleagues do. Um, I argue that the leader of an organization is typically the loneliest person um, at the company. And if you're yeah. talking to small business owners in particular, there's no one, I mean, there's mastermind groups. So don't, I'm not saying that those are not valuable, but James, when you look around, when you've got to make a decision, like you look, I'm the last person in the line to make the decision, right? So um, how do you provide insight for those people so that yeah. they go, uh, the decision's actually pretty good. You know, I've, I've got this assessment. It's a working document that delivers me the next three years of my kind of where I'm going. And oh, by the way, James's team came in and did this and they over delivered. Why wouldn't I think they would over deliver in first level support and or in cybersecurity or in uh, VPN or whatever the product you want to sell me? Love it. Yeah, that's good. Um, so something else that you said just is amazing to me. And when you just said the keyword assessment, okay, and I think assessment to you means a series of questions, yep. but you you must be an expert if you've got 97 vendors that you deal with. Uh, I think that's what you just said. Yep. And you are required as a leader in your organization to analyze their capabilities and right. then select the right ones. Yep. And, and obviously you're dealing with a lot more than 97. Those are the yep. 97 that you, you work with. Right. Uh, so you've interviewed a lot more. Uh, how do you analyze those and, uh, you know, of, of who you end up choosing? I mean, what, yeah. do you have a couple questions? Sure. The first one is, is like, are you adding to the value or you're costing me money? Right. So uh, one of the, uh, one of the vendors in town and one of the MSPs in town, um, they came in at a moment where I was in, I was struggling because our team had, had was up against some, so we're a hundred year old bank, two data centers and two, two small towns in Iowa. So we picked the smallest towns with very limited connectivity to build data centers in, which is great, you know, but it's not great if you're trying to maintain and manage that. So right. one of the vendors came in and said, let me, um, let's, let's figure out what we're going to do. The entire team showed up on a 7 a.m. call and said, we're going to get the best person on this job for the first week. Just take a look at it. Um, and then they said, we can solve this. Here's our initial assessment of what's going on. Here's a second assessment of what's going on. Um, so it's, are you adding value? So the, the hourly rate I paid for that consulting was a 15, 20x multiplier. Because what brought them in is I'm sitting on a, a Zoom call with a previous MSP, seven people of my team watching them click through a screen, trying to figure out how to do something in Azure. And I just did the calculation in my, in my head. I go, this is just absolute waste of my energy and time. And I didn't catch it early enough, but th that one was a cost. The other yeah. one was a, 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 um, a an investment. So I, that's the first one. Are you serving... The client, are you serving our organization in a way that moves us forward? And do I consider you an asset or do I consider you a liability? So that's the kind of first two questions. 
The other yeah. part is like, how often do I actually talk to you? And what are those conversations like? So I don't care. I've got more t-shirts that have logos on, logos on them than <laughs> know what to do with. I can go around my office and find mugs of everyone's you know, golf event and golf tournament and you name it, all that. That doesn't, I mean, I give it away to my kids because they're going to break it. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to me. But if you call me up and say, listen, I read a great article on Harvard Business Review about AI and the impacts of having confidential information from a banking organization in the learning the the the, the learning models. Um, and I thought you should take a look at this. It's really good. Look at chapter or page three. I highlighted it, but here's the entire document. That's a conversation that I'll have because that person isn't worried about the sell today. They're worried about two years from now, whenever I've got an AI conversation going on, they'll say, hmm, hey, James, that was a great, that's a great information. And that is, that's the way to do it. And it's actually just the way to be an actual good human being who's partnering in someone's success. It's not about sales, it's about partnering in someone's success. Yep. Wow. I, uh, audience, did you hear that? That's uh, that's amazing feedback. That's some golden nuggets right there. Uh, and just a friendly reminder, you know, always be prepared uh, for the call. You know, always be ready to explain your value proposition and do some research and come up with some ideas. Uh, what Julian's saying, I've heard this before. Uh, it's so important, you know, come into those meetings and those pitches prepared. And it's 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 more about a long term relationship with another human being, not a quick sale today. So um, you know, I, I love that I love that feedback. Um, so so that's that's amazing. Uh, so what what else are you working on now? You're kind of getting ready for uh, fiscal year twenty four. Yeah, yeah. So I think part, part this has been a great year uh, for me here. I've, I've loved this. Has been great. Um, it's interesting these um, these not technical turnarounds because this is uh, we're moving to the cloud. Um, we in, in process we're already we're already there. Um, um, so the twenty four and twenty five year for us is really this kind of cloud cloud collaboration um, uh, adventures. Like like this is the year of cleaning not cleaning the house but getting things in order um, so we can move yeah. forward. So I've, uh, we've rolled out Office three in three sixty five, which you know you may say, well, why wouldn't you haven't done that earlier? Well. It's not easy when you're uh, you've got we had two exchange servers on prem, um, one that didn't get completely uh, retired. So we had a, a long, long history to get that off of the plate. But we're using uh, tools now on you know a, a bank. We're actually mobile. Amazing. Right. It's, it sounds uh, illogical that you wouldn't already be mobile, but our team can much more effectively um, handle our clients. Um, serve requirements based upon the new technology that we rolled out only in the last uh, two and a half months. But 2024 is really about um, our new core, um, the new banking core, all cloud first uh, uh, core, um, and then moving into the next generation of what does a bank look like, right? We are competing against Amazon Pay, Google Pay, anything pay that has more, um, it's a hub, right? It's We are not a hub. I cannot just, I can't be Elon Musk and say, I'm going to open up checking accounts and pull in all these deposits like that because I don't have that that market share. So how do we use data, technology, uh, and our um, hundred years of experience to win more market share in the communities that we're in? So as you probably know, there are just there's no more green space in the banking space. It's all red. You're taking business from other banks. So yeah. it's that's the game that we've got to be better at and. 
because of our investment in the cloud and our uh, in infrastructure and the fact that we've continued to grow by expanding, um, I feel comfortable the next few years will be great, but it's a, it's a challenge. It's technical. I'm, I'm with the rest of the leadership team. We're really leading the way of trying to get ourselves positioned better to serve our communities and enrich their um, those communities in a much better way. Yep, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So there you have it. That's uh, some of the um, the trends of of what they're looking to do. And and I think it's you know very similar across the board with many of your customers today and and other people that you may not be working with of uh, of, of what they're moving into uh, for for um, you know fiscal year 2024. So yes. that's awesome. Well, hey, thanks for being on the program, Julian. Uh, looking forward to uh, to bumping into you again. I'll see if I can twist your arm at one of the, the local Midwest uh, mastermind events to come in and speak to the, the group uh, when when we're close close to home for you. But really appreciate you, you being on today. Thank you so much, James. Appreciate all that you're doing.